Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. Welcome to the lift. Get ready to take a ride. Victoria's Lift to Those Who Thrive in the Dark Chapter 2 That Blooms Well, Bears Well by Christopher Long You ever hear your people talk about disaster? They talk about it like it's lurking out of sight, ready to pounce when their back's turned. I don't mean the sort of thing that happened here. I mean something sudden. Something unforeseen. Plane crash. Forest fire. Of course, people act like disaster is cunning because it's easier than facing the truth. Disaster isn't a bullet. It's the tip of a very long sword. The trouble starts way before the brakes fail on your car or you take the wrong medication. The doctor needs to be tired when they're writing that prescription. The ground crew needs to be distracted enough to miss any problems before the plane takes off. The wind has to shift for a forest to burn. Disaster is simply the last card to be played in a game where you people forget safety is never a fact. It's an optimistic gamble. Take the little girl who's rooted part of herself in your head, for instance. She's always felt safe in her routine. In fact, she probably didn't even acknowledge herself as being safe. She was simply home or out, doing what was expected of her. The universe kept Victoria too busy to worry about anything else. Not that everyone noticed how busy she was. I haven't got time. Don't give me that. You can sleep whenever you want. You can eat whenever you catch something. Some of us have things to do, regardless of what we want. Hey, give it back. (laughs) I've looked that girl in her green eyes. I've felt her understand me in less time than it took me to blink. She's sharper than scalpels when it comes to people. She could speak five surgically precise words and leave a king sobbing on his knees. Yet that morning, I have to wonder if she sensed it coming. Running through her endless building, trying to get a hair ribbon back from her new adopted cat. Do you think that's the closest she got to dropping her guard? I'm serious. I have places I'm meant to be. 
When you have all that power and so many questions filling your head, do you even have a guard to keep up? Maybe she'd always just been so powerful as a reflex before. Maybe someone had finally figured that out. Aha! Now I've got you. There's nowhere to run, so hand it over. Let me put it another way. If someone dressed a bomb in a coat and a hat and stood it next to you in the queue for the bus, do you think you'd notice before it went off? We all like to think we know the answer, but we also know we'd be pretty focused on the time or getting wherever we're going. Right up until the moment something flashed before our eyes and... What's that? Boom. No, don't do that. Can't you see? It's delicate. In fact, it shouldn't be here at all. Growing out of the floor of her library, Victoria had found a plant. Not much of a plant, even. Barely a leaf and a stalk. A seedling struggling to survive in a place where no plant should be able to grow. Still, there it was. Without sunlight, without soil, an impossible plant for the impossible girl in her impossible library. However this got here, it needs all the help it can get. It'll need some water. Although it should have already needed water to get this far. There's not a leak above it. Maybe there are pipes under this floor. It doesn't make any sense. Victoria's library is the most impossible room in her whole building, which is saying something when you consider what the rest of it can do. She'd always known there was a great deal of power bottled up between the shelves. A lot of clever little secrets which would scuttle to the spines of their books if you tried to read them before you were ready. Still, it had never conjured life. So, she fetched water for the seedling and built a little wall of books around it to keep her feline house guest from digging it up. I told you, leave it alone. Give it a chance to grow. She clearly didn't understand cats can see disaster coming a mile off. That's why you people always assume they have more lives than you. It's got nothing to do with time. It's far more to do with their peripheral vision. If chaos is the universal joke, then cats have learnt to see the punchlines lingering on the horizon. Life in the building started to feel different after Victoria had discovered the plant. She tried to keep up with her tasks, only her new charge kept nagging at her. She asked the occasional soul she ferried in her lift for gardening tips. Or she would drop them off near nurseries or allotments so she could borrow a little soil or fertilizer or have a nose through the gardening magazines. Not that any of her efforts seemed to help the strange little plant grow. Stop that. You'll have us both over. And you know what people say about breaking mirrors. There. Sunlight. It's not a lot, but you didn't need it to start growing, did you? Maybe it'll do the trick. It didn't. It failed to help any more than the miracle grow, or the eggshells, or the tea leaves, or the bumblebee Victoria took ages to catch, and dusk took seconds to flatten when her back was turned. 
She tried putting other potted plants around it. They all wilted away. Not that this little girl gave up. Victoria would always happily set aside some time out of her day to fume over questions which refused to be answered. She raced back from her lift after every trip, a smile on her face, hoping for some sign, some change. Nothing. I'd know I was having some effect if you at least looked a little worse. Famous botanists receive letters in the post asking for advice. The return address never made a lot of sense to them, but it hardly mattered. They wrote their replies, left them to post later, and found they were gone when they went to collect them. A group of drunken Cornish wassling singers woke one morning, swearing blind they'd found a strange building in the middle of their orchard the night before, and danced around its dark corridors, behind a little girl in a purple dress, who didn't know the songs but certainly knew all her guests' names. Victoria became so distracted by her project that she failed to feel a pair of eyes watching her as she passed back and forth along the corridors of her home. Those eyes followed her nearly constantly now, their owner secure in the knowledge that their plan was working. All they had to do was wait. After all, they knew their warden couldn't resist a puzzle. I could try digging you up, plant you outside somewhere. Only, I don't know how to get you out without hurting you. And I don't know where you'd be happy. Curiosity turned to confusion. Confusion turned to irritation. Victoria still did what was expected of her. Only it all felt so flavorless, so distant. Maybe it was because so many of those things had been put upon her. None of it had ever really been her choice. The little plant, though. The little plant was hers. She had all the time she needed to help it. She had access to so many tools, so many places, so many people. Surely she could make one little plant grow. So desperate was she to see it flower that she found herself dreaming of it. She could picture the petals. Blue, perhaps. Electric blue. Her old friend Nicola would approve of that. They would be radiant and elegant and dance in gentle breezes. Come the morning, she would wake thinking she could smell its blossoms. And then she would wonder how often she actually dreamt in that strange home of hers and feel a little colder for the question. The eyes in the dark watched on. Deals had been struck down the more desolate corridors. Wheels were in motion. The dominoes were starting to fall. No! I told you to stay away from there! You could have killed it. How am I ever going to get it to grow if you won't leave it alone? That's when it hit her. The reason why she couldn't let this plant die. It reminded her of her own life in that place. Without sunlight. Without water. She was growing without everything a person should need. So, what did that make her exactly? What was she changing into when... On the outside, 
she only ever let herself grow so much. Sometimes Victoria liked to think her appearance was a memorial to the life she'd lost, the life she'd sacrificed to a greater cause. Other times she told herself that she was as much herself as she was anything else her calling required of her. Except she was stuck, held fast by expectation, rooted in stone, unable to flourish. The eyes in the dark narrowed. The final card was played. Aw, look at the crybaby! Hello, crybaby! Was that your cat I saw running away? Are you done with it? I could do with some entertainment, and I love the noises cats make when you make them go digging for their extra lives. Merit? Disaster had arrived. Thank you for making this miniseries and our show possible. We hope you're enjoying the miniseries. Today's episode featured Cynthia Lohman as Cuckoo Stone, our tales narrator, Amber Collins as Victoria, and Louis Pollard as Merritt. Sound design was created by Davis Walden, our new sound designer and the creator of the Viridian Wild podcast. The Viridian Wild is a fantasy adventure audio drama podcast following mythozoologist Sebastian Verwood as he travels the world studying magical creatures. You can find the show at theviridianwild.com, that's V-I-R-I-D-I-A-N, or you can subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. Today's custom score was created by our resident composer, Nico Vitese of We Talk of Dreams. Find Nico at wetalkofdreams.com and streaming on Twitch. Artwork is by Jeanette Andromeda, illustrator, artist, YouTuber, and all-around amazing human. Find her being creative at JeanetteCreations.com. Our author is Christopher Long. You can find him at cjlongwords.com. Chris has been featured on Victoria's Lift, Shadows at the Door, and The Wicked Library multiple times. More of his work is available on Amazon. Story editor and producer is Daniel Foytek of Ninth Story Studios. That's me. 